0: You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 044. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 44.
1: You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith.
0: Hey everybody, Amy here. Welcome to the Joy Junkie Show podcast excited to have you all here listening. And if you're new to the show, just to let you know kind of how we operate over in these parts, we typically will jump back and forth between life topics and love topics. And so today we have a really awesome life topic, something that I hear people struggling with constantly, and it's kind of a hot button topic in our industry and the kind of the self-help community. And that is, how the hell do I get me some fucking self-love? I should put fucking (laughs) self-love in it. Oh, what? can I pick me up some self-love? So, so that is what we're going to be talking about. And I have a, a, an awesome guestie here today. For many of you guys know that my, my uh, usual sidekick of Mr. Smith, my hubs, is uh, on hiatus for a little bit. So I have a series of guesties. And I'm super thrilled to have Molly Mayhar from StrataJoy here with us today. Rocking the joy connection. Lots
1: of joy in the house. I love it. Joy squared, bitches.
0: (laughs) Okay, so so let me tell you a little bit about about Molly. Um, She is a coach and a teacher, a community builder, and a mama. Her fancy titles include Freedom, instigator, joy enthusiast, and fierce love advocate. She is the founder of StrataJoy, a positive corner of the internet that provides thousands of women inspiring and useful strategies to create their own joyful world. She helps gutsy women in transition get clear on who they are, what they want, and how to get it. Some call it reinvention. Molly calls it activating your awesome, which <laughs> I love. I love that. That's great. So welcome.
1: I am happy to be here, obviously. Self-love,
0: fierce love, one of my
1: favorite topics. So,
0: Isn't it funny? Um, I don't know if you ever saw the video that Andrea and I did when we did uh, Shit Life Coaches Say Part 2, and we had this whole segment about um, shit coaches would rather call themselves besides coach. Lo- <laughs> So I had to laugh at like the freedom instigator, you know, because people are like, I'm an awesomeness igniter. Totally. You know, I'm a shit slayer. I (laughs) I was like, so you're basically a coach. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's true. (laughs) I do the same thing. I say like the chief badass over at Joy Junkie. We all do it. But yeah, but we're coaches, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Coaches and
1: teachers, lovers and writers and everything else that gets to be
0: put under our umbrella. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, so I understand you've had some serious upheaval in the Mayhar household lately.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, we were talking about stories of of meltdown. Yeah, yeah. My house, we – so I've got a little guy at home, Max, who's 20 months. And my husband and I live in San Luis Obispo. So there's no family. No, we, we kind of chose to be here just so we could do our own thing. Um, and in lots of ways, that's amazing. In lots of ways, we – And we have an amazing nanny who takes care of us. But last week, I was headed out to go teach a retreat in Ojai um, for some of my Elevate women. And Ken was on his way to go to a retreat in Phoenix for a week. And this, and we tend to do this when we leave. We like, we'll both leave at the same time, so we can go have our like personal space. But that means like the troops have to come in to take care of Max. <laughs> so, so it was all, this was a good plan. We were set. Everything's organized. And definitely okay. I know when everyone's coming in. Nanny time. Grandma time. We're we're all good. And then we get the stomach bug. Like Max went down first. Poor little honey. And there's nothing <laughs> sadder than a child waking up covered in vomit. You no idea what's going on, right? And then it, it then it went to the other side, and I, he would just be standing there, and I would hear this literal waterfall. And I would look at him, and he would look at me, and he'd be like, pooh, pooh. I'm like, uh-huh, let's go outside and change that one. So oh, I, no. I was, like, hosing him off a couple of times anyway. Oh,
0: my God. Like, you really oh, yeah. hosed him off.
1: Well, yeah, there was, like, <laughs> warm water in the little – Kitty bath. I, you know, California, it's warm here still. I'm not torturing my child. But uh, yeah, it was bad. And then I go down. Ken's already gone. He's in Phoenix getting sick at his retreat. Oh, I no. am down for the count. <laughs> uh, my nanny is sick. The day I get sick, she calls me. She's like, I can't come in. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm leaving in two days. Oh. Grandma arrives from Seattle. She's like, oh, I never get sick. My immune system, this is my mother in law, my immune system is is amazing you know picture of health i'm like oh thank god because this thing is like i just i haven't been sick forever too and i i was so sick so she's all proud of herself and like thinking it's all gonna be well i wake up thursday morning the day i need to be leaving uh she's in the bathroom she's like i haven't slept all night oh no i'm so sick i can't move and then she was like super whining about it because you know those people who don't get sick was like can you go get me some ammodium and orange juice oh, no. i'm like oh my god okay i'm like my car is packed with champagne and face paint and you know all the things i need to to go teach and uh, two priorities <laughs> right champagne and face paint <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right that's true so uh, i was just like meltdown city over here and it was just one of those reminders you know, as we preach this joy and the self-love, like I really had to practice it. I'm like, okay, I cannot control everything. Uh, yeah, the, Life is fucking messy sometimes. Make the best of it. Control my reaction. I, I was totally had to self-coach myself through this, yeah. you know, several hours of, okay, let's, let's call around. Who can come help? I need to leave. There's nothing else I can do. Uh, and then I got to my retreat and I had no cell phone reception or Wi Fi. So I was like, well, Mm. I'm going to trust that everyone is taking care of themselves in the you know capable adult way, and that
0: if it's an emergency, they will get a hold of me <laughs> and let it go and moved on. So, whoo, there's my story. It's crazy how you in those situations. I really feel like your only option is surrender. I,
1: I, literally, there was nothing else I could do. Right?
0: Yeah. I've been in a similar situ. I I mean, it's crazy. My my mother-in-law moved in with us my I, i managed in moving the furniture i managed to completely throw my back out just got an mri done yesterday i'm in i'm performing in a starting rehearsals for a production that i'm doing next week that's incredibly physical where i'm supposed to be throwing my body all over the place and i can barely move so i've been talking to my director about it and um and he's really awesome and and seems to think we can work around it but it's just craziness over here. And then t- teaching a class and then Mr. Smith is gone all the time because he's teaching. Mm. And so it. I feel you. in, in <laughs> And I'm a control freak. I am an absolute control freak. And so I have been my kind of metaphor, the picture I've been holding in my mind is a vision of my, my hands clenched and then just opening them up and releasing because I – I need – I feel that way a lot where I'm like, I need to manhandle everything into my <laughs> – how I want it to be. And then I've, I've really been sinking into that surrender a lot and just it's so much more freeing. My God. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes I feel like life is going to throw – okay, let's
1: see. Let's see a little control freak. Can you handle yeah. this? What, uh, how is this going to settle in your world? <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I had that those two hours, two and a half hours of driving from my home to to the retreat in Ojai, and I got oh. to take my husband's convertible because I needed to leave the you know the baby car at home with Graham, and I actually get kind of nervous. I'm not. Not known as a good driver, so I was like, okay, uh-huh. <sighs> like, put the top down, I wouldn't got a chai, I said, this is my transition, all that stress, all that, yeah, the clenching, the, the, come on, just like, let us get healthy, like, it all goes away, I sang my little ass off to the radio, nice. to some, to some old Bruce Springsteen, and just said this, okay, be present, be here. This is what your reality looks like. There's nothing you can do about it. Make the best of it. And and it worked. I needed those two hours for the decompression, but I felt awesome when I got there.
0: Good. Well, and that that's really quite relevant, what you had to say, because I think sometimes in our profession, we get people who want to eradicate ever feeling poorly ever having stress ever having overwhelm and it's really not like when you when you step into that kind of conscious space or you really dig into self-help or whatever what it really is is this like really thorough management system where now when shit hits the fan you're like oh I have a perfect tool to clean that up yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you can just manage things a little bit better uh, so I, sh- I love that.
1: I feel like a lot of the times it comes back to self-trust, not like, you know, whatever your belief system is, can be supportive of that, and it is for a lot of people, but mine is like, in general, the universe. That's all I got, like, the universe. So (laughs) a lot of the times, I really do feel like it falls back on me, and that idea that I am a capable woman, like, I can handle, especially when you're in that uncertainty period, like, the doctor called, something's bad, I've got to go in, oh my God, oh my God, oh shit, you know, like, okay, well, there's nothing you can do about that, so trust that you are a capable woman or man, if you're a man out there, that, that can handle whatever it is, that you can ask for help, that you can let things go, that you can redo your, you know, savings, whatever you'll need to do to handle this next event in life. Um, and I feel like that is totally applicable to self-love, because without that, that trust in yourself, that love that you can do this, that you have everything you need, your life will continually keep throwing loops at you, and you're going to melt down every single time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's so, the practice. <laughs> it, it does take practice. You're yeah. you're absolutely right. But, <clears throat> um, but that that is so true because a lot of times we just spend so much of our energy spun out, focused on the problem, going, "What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do?" And you don't ever stop and get out of that spiral and go, "Okay, what what actually can I do?" And look yeah. at your capabilities. You know, yeah. So, very good point. So let's talk. Let's talk about. Where can I get me some self-love? Self-love. Okay. On the corner. (laughs) Uh, With a sad dose of confidence. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk just, first of all, what do you see as some some really common ways people struggle with self-love? Oh, well, gosh,
1: body image, uh, confidence to go after things that feel too scary, too much failure, too much risk of failure involved. Um, you know, I think that the time, the place where I really came face to face with the importance of self-love or, or fierce love, like I call it, for yeah. some reason, self-love, I go to masturbation every time. So, Do you really? How me? Yeah, well, I think I just have this piece in me. I named <laughs> one of my products joy juice because I was like, oh, every morning you drink a glass of juice. It's joyful. Until I put it in the Urban Dictionary and I didn't do this till of course, everything was done. And I was like, oh, joy juice. <laughs> Not what I meant to be God damn that about. urban dictionary. <laughs> I know. Uh anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Fierce love, self love. It... <laughs> Dirty Minds, apparently, in the gutter. Um it came to me because I had created this whole kind of system and thing around what I call the joy equation, and it was like, you know, get, get really clear with what you care about and your expectations for your life out, outside of what you've been told, and then um, prioritize, and then, I don't am <laughs> doing a horrible job of communicating these, um, but there's like four very action-oriented steps to move forward, and I created courses, and I taught a lot about this. And I would see some people take off, like the, it was the clarity that was missing or it was this idea that you actually had to take action once you had made a decision um, and make incredible transformations in the world. And then there was others who would do the same practice process and come up with the same great ideas and continually just get stuck and get thrown off their game and come back to me two years later and say, oh, I did all that work and nothing changed. Hmm. Finally, the piece that I discovered through working with all these women over and over was like, oh, there is this like base level of love for yourself or confidence in your capability um, or belief in your strength that That seemed to be the difference between the people that moved forward and activated this greatness, whatever that was for them, uh, and the people that kept cycling back and circling back over and over. So I had to add this pre-step. I'm like, okay, we're redoing the equation. First step, self-love. Like, yes. Without that, it didn't seem like you could build any further. Or you could, but it wouldn't be sustainable. Yes. It just Uh, becomes like kind of a glorified to-do list. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that true level of transformation where you're doing something you never could have possibly imagined yourself doing before doesn't happen without that piece of um, kindness and trust uh, and care for yourself. But you know, right. a lot of the times it feels selfish, I think, to us that oh, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put myself first. I'm going to love myself first.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's not. I. I believe it is necessary. I do too. And you know, what can also happen too is people have those intense to-do lists and they actually do go after their dreams and they do accomplish them, but there's no meaning and Mm -hmm. they're not Mm -hmm. happy. They're not joyful because the reason for accomplishing was totally external and it wasn't something that was uh, based off of personal fulfillment to begin with. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, you can, you know, accomplish all of Check these those things. Boxes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't mean it's going to feel good for you. And that's really essentially what we all want. All, all of us, no matter what, like a- ethnicity, religious background, our human condition is that we want to be happy. We just get really diluted in how, what the avenue to happiness is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, sure. especially in our Western materialistic world, absolutely, because we're trying to be sold a million things every day about, this will make you happy, come on right. over here. But I guess, you know, we're, we're our own brand of that, but I like to think if you're hitting that internal level of validation or that internal, um, you know, what are your fulfillment measures, like what feels good, what is fun, what is pleasurable, what gives meaning to your world, if, if those are the pieces that are going into the to-do list, you're a lot better off. Right. And I think I think that connection with self love is, um, is the thread through all of
0: those. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I see as kind of a huge hurdle for a lot of people is that they they put a lot of their self worth and therefore their self love, like how they feel towards themselves, in all these external factors. So they f- believe that. They will attain that happiness or experience joy or, the, you know, these emotions that we want to feel mm-hmm. in achievement, acceptance, things that ultimately are not your call, that you're dependent on somebody else to deem you acceptable, whether it is, you know, as, as soon as I have a baby, as soon as I have a perfect spouse, the perfect weight, you know, perfect yeah. career. I mean, fill in the blank but it's all outside of you. It all is not who you are. It's what you're doing. So, and that can be perceived in so many different ways. So that's one thing that I would offer to everybody is start looking at, you know, where do you value success? Where do you measure success? What's the benchmark? Is it acceptance by others, achievement? And that stuff isn't, isn't necessarily wrong. Um, to want or to desire, but it can be really harmful if it's your only measurement of your value. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I think there, the,
1: another piece that we have to just be conscious of is comparison mm. and judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> Hello, I'm choking on my coffee. joy killers. Hello, <clears throat> self-love killers. And and in the age of the internet, which is so incredibly amazing in some ways, um, it also gives us a sense that we know what people's lives are like because right. we see it on the internet. <laughs> right. and, and we we all know it's you. Know, if you logically think about it, you know that there is other pieces underneath. That shiny surface. But it's hard to remember that when you're caught up down the internet spiral of stalking your heroes or people who, whatever, yeah, whether it's looks or career or family or money, right. that seems so apparent. You know, um, I, it's probably the first thing I make, well, that I have to do for myself is take internet mm-hmm. detoxes and, um, especially when you're in the brand new stages of creating something. And I think this goes for people who are, you know, newly pregnant, families who are newly pregnant or starting a business or transforming their life in some way. You get into that mode of like, I'm going to see what everyone else is doing, partly for inspiration. But then you get stuck in the comparison, like, oh, my God, they're so far along. I'll never have that. This is, you know, that measurement becomes someone else. You're looking at it in someone else's world, and it feels further and further and further away.
0: Right. And I'm like,
1: like, let's do an internet detox, everyone. Also, magazine detox. Also, if you like are a big watcher of television, all of that. It's all. It's it's fake. <laughs> right. It's fake. Well, it's not
0: true. It's there's that there was a great. I, in fact, I had it as a little screensaver on my phone, and it's a, a quote that says, you know, our you know our greatest detriment, or something. I'm going to butcher it, but our greatest detriment is that we compare our behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel.
1: Mm. Perfect, yeah like if you guys Perfect. Could,
0: Perfect. could see what I look like right now, like I'm such a fucking mess, and I don't you know like i'm I don't look like my headshots <laughs> right now so but but nobody says like puts their image out there like here's my behind the scenes like we yeah. don't we put our best foot forward so but um but that's our our tendency in the compare and despair syndrome is to go, oh my God, they're like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or their business was successful from day one when it was seven years
1: of slogging till you see what you see. Right. Yeah.
0: And furthermore, that that means anything about you. It actually doesn't mean (laughs) anything
1: about you. It doesn't even matter if it was day one. Yeah.
0: Right. Like, it doesn't it, – none of that has anything to do with you. But we take these external stimuli and we say, well, if that person is successful and I'm not at that place, then that must mean that I'm a failure. Yeah. And what I want everybody to see is that's your rule. Nobody says, here's the benchmark of worthiness and not worthy. We create that. So why don't you just change it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I the whole piece of, like, the detox or the laying off of it is – it's – it creates, or I'm hoping it creates for myself and for everyone who we do this with, uh, silence, mm. which I think is one of the nice. <laughs> the biggest gifts that we can give ourselves that we don't give ourselves. And and you need that silence, that space to be able to connect with what is success to you. What does fulfillment look like? Um, there's you know there's probably months or years of our life where we do what we do because we did it yesterday. At some point, we made a conscious decision to do that. And then, you know, (laughs) that was years ago (laughs) that I made that choice that I was going to drink the venti size coffees at Starbucks, right? That's an old choice. I've luckily given that one up. But, uh, you know, without that silence or that time to connect with yourself, however you want to do it in the bathtub, with your journal, conversations with your spouse, you need some disconnection and inward time. Right. To do it. It's true. Yeah.
0: It's so true. So <clears throat> let's, let's move into some of the, or, or is there any other things that you wanted to highlight as, you know, maybe this is you, you know, any other struggles or anything like that? Oh, you
1: know, the other thing I, two, two tiny little things I say, you know, watch for. This might mean you need to give some, some voice and some, some concentration to self-love is when you are judging other people really harshly. Mm. You know, and which is something that celebrated uh, snarkiness out there, like, oh, she's so snarky and funny. But there is a line where, when you are so quick to judge someone else about whatever it is, their enthusiasm, their lack of enthusiasm, their, like, you are doing that to yourself without realizing it potentially. Like, the quicker you jump to judgment for others, it's showing you about how you're treating yourself on the inside. And we all know that we talk to ourselves in such a crueler voice than we'd ever voice, you know, outside to someone else. So if that is, you know, if you're known for your snark and you're, uh, let me tear them down so I can feel bigger, you are doing that to yourself as well, as well, whether you realize it or not.
0: Right.
1: So that is, like, a a little asterisk. Um, And then, in general, what I just call toxicity and... Like all of us have been in places where we know we are doing something toxic yes. Um, about how we're treating ourselves or treating someone else or, you know, there's a little toxic like putting up with a, a boss who is an asshole and then there's big toxic like um, disordered eating or addiction and, and those are, those are places where you need to, like self-love needs to be explored in addition to whatever else is going on. Right. So those are just little... If that feels present to you, there's space to do some of this work.
0: Wow, yeah, and that that's that's really great because that's very tangible places to to look, you know yeah. like because yeah. you're right, you know when when I tend to be the most judgmental is when it's around a topic that I'm feeling insecure about.
1: Of course. <laughs> you know?
0: And so, yeah. which again, to your point, is indicative of how I'm feeling about me. So when in reality, it's like there's they're two totally separate things. That does not have to be re- – whoever somebody else is in, the, in their business or in their aesthetics or their fitness or whatever, doesn't have to have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, yeah, those great points. Great points. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about what are some things that people can actually do if they're going – holy shit, yeah, that is me, I, I'm always standing in judgment, or I, I do know that I'm quite cruel to myself, how can they begin on this journey to actually cultivating self-love?
1: Oh, let's just start with an easy question like that. Yeah, no. Ah! I, the piece that seems to be resonating most right now in, with the women in my world is the very simple statement of how do I be my own best friend? Hmm. Uh, and I think because it's it's language we understand, we understand what that would mean, how do we, you know, that whole, the whole self-talk piece, which is a big piece of self-love. How do you talk to yourself? Yep. Um, trying to look at it through the lens of, is this what I would say to my best friend if she came to me and said, wow, I fell in love with someone else, but I'm still married? Or, ah, I made this huge gaffe at work, and then I tried to cover up, and it got worse, and I just got found out. You would never say, oh, you fucking lazy slob. I cannot believe you would do that. Look how out of integrity you are in your life. What an you idiot. Right, yeah. You're an idiot. You have failed every single time you've ever tried to put your foot up. You would ne- I mean, that would never come out of your mouth. But that's exactly how we talk to ourselves. Right, right. So, you know, with how do you use that specifically? There's lots of ways, but that general lens of would I, you know, how do I be my own best friend?
0: Right. And one of the really simple things when you can do, when you notice that is just, just create the awareness around it. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, like, oh, I need to start talking positively to myself and I need to switch this. Just go, oh, I I just did it. I just, I just did it just now. Oh, look at that. And don't make a judgment just notice yeah. that you know it it's kind of like um I was talking to a client about this yesterday it's almost like when you when you begin this journey of of self-awareness it's like you've been living in the dark and all of a sudden you decide to turn the lights on your messy messy house and you're like holy shit there's a oh, no. okay. there's a big mess in that room there's a big mess in that room and we get really really overwhelmed but first things first we just have to acknowledge go okay yeah. My house is a little messy right now. It is a little bit of a mess. Okay. So let's target this body image issue in this room, you know? And so if you can just start by going, oh, I just did it.
1: Yep. Wow. There it is. Oh, well, there it is again. Okay. Wow. I'm, I'm really noticing this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. First step for sure.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, and
1: uh Well, I, you know, so funny we were just we were talking about this before we started recording that i am i am 25 weeks pregnant for you listening out there mm-hmm. and uh, this this is a much larger pregnancy than my first. I was actually kind of kind of cute my first pregnancy, not oh, a little belly, <clears throat> not the experience of this round. And uh, <laughs> someone who who in general has done a lot of work around body image, and you know from way back college days until now, uh, and feels in general very secure about that piece. I saw a bunch of these pictures from the retreats that the girls have been taking, and just you know just like cell phone shots and all that jazz, and it, it threw me for a loop because I, I don't know if I haven't been taking pictures or you don't see yourself in the same way, you know, and it's all like the head thrown back, give myself seven chins kind of look. (laughs) And my boobs are incredibly huge right now. And I was like, oh, okay. And I could tell, I was like, whoop, triggered. Yep. Triggered some more. Just, just like you said, I just noticed it. I noticed itself. I was supposed to go to yoga and I was like, I don't want to go. I'm going to go to yoga, Molly. Like, put yourself in a quiet space and I just spent a lot of yoga doing what I call one of my self soothing techniques, which is uh, like just kind of petting my own arm. You know, which you can kind of do in yoga without anyone noticing. Well, I don't know. Yeah. But, it, but <laughs> it was like it was that that act of Hey, yeah, you're triggered. It's hard when your body changes and you don't have a lot of control. Yeah, especially when those girls were very adorable and tiny. <laughs> okay, calm, calm. Like, it's okay. This, what does this mean? Nothing. It means you're growing a tiny human. Yes. You're, you're, you know, your body is slightly uncomfortable feeling, and then it was hard to look at it. But what are the, you know, like, and I really was trying to use all that, that call. like, I am my own best friend. What would my best friend tell me right now? Um, and, it, you know, it took maybe an evening for it to kind of wear off, and then I got over it, and we made some jokes about it, and I moved on. Yeah. But that was in practice, me, like, feeling the notice, the, okay, what do I want to do? Let's do something kind for myself that's, that's not, uh, you know, eating the ice cream or whatever other self-soothing things I could indulge in. I was like, let me, I'm going to go to yoga, and I'm
0: going to pet my arm, and then I'm going to let it go. <laughs> I love it. It's interesting talking about the whole body image concept oh. because um, my experience with body image has always been, has, has been less about weight and more about other things. You know, when in my youth, it was always my skin and, oh. you know, my face, but now I'm in this really interesting place where my relationship to my body is around my, my ailments, and, um, you know, I've had some, some challenges with my knees and, you know, now I'm going through this stuff with my back. And I had a really, really fascinating conversation with my coach actually. And it was really right along these lines where I realized I had been really cruel to my body because I was so angry at it for not <sighs> performing the way that it was always performing. <sighs> yeah. And so I was either trying to ignore it completely or I was incredibly acrimonious and acerbic and just rude and angry. And I realized, I, you know, when I was having this coaching session, I was like, oh my gosh, those are the two forms of abuse. Like, actually, you know, concrete verbal abuse or neglect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I kind of went, holy shit, I have been so awful to my body. So along those same regards, you know, and I have a really hard time doing almost anything right now. Yeah. So if I pick something up, you know, and it hurts, I'm like, I'm so sorry that that hurts. Thank you so much for getting me through that. Or, you know, if I, if I'm able to run errands, you know, I'm like, I I appreciate you. I know you're in pain. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to figure it out. I appreciate your strength. And I've just been kinder to myself. Now, does it actually make my pain ease up? No, not really at all. But it makes me feel feel better than if i'm running around going god damn it i'm so frustrated i can't yeah. work out i can't do these things. so my yeah. spiritual state feels happier yeah yeah
1: well i and i think it's like that idea of like self-love is the base of anything else you do so if you are making it easier for yourself by being loving and being forgiving and being kind all that other stuff on our plate it, it, it's we're less stuck in this this cruel, clenching, you know, urgh, get through mode. So, yeah, I can absolutely see that. Right. I have to release a lot around the business too right now. I've, I've, mm. you know, I've got a little kid. I'm going to have little kids. This is my season of life, and and loving that and knowing this, is absolutely the choice that I made and that I want. But still, some of that self talk, some of that uh, comparison and judgment sneaks in, and I'm I'm pretty aware of my triggers right now. So, as soon as I feel them, I'm like, yep, let's. What can I do to contribute? That's um, maybe, maybe that's another concrete way to help uh, turn around some of this. Uh, for me, at least, it's very common when I'm um, getting into my head and starting to be cruel, crack the whip, like I'm going to measure my my self worth by my productivity. <laughs> uh, instead, taking that step back and say, okay, like put away the to do list for a second, stop watching all the B school videos, like calm down. <laughs> for our world, (laughs) how do you want to contribute today? Like that whole idea of your great work in the world is very distinct to you. And, you know, and I, and I feel lucky I, I have an idea of what that is. Like what's something I can put out in the world that's going to make me proud. It has nothing to do with a measurement or, um, a validation, but that I will feel good about that. It could be as easy as, Uh, like an Instagram of my backyard because I'm feeling very peaceful looking out my window. Or it could be like, let's, let's write something. Let's take this and, and share it with the world. Or it could be giving my son a hug and a kiss and, uh, you know, coloring on the easel with him for a while. Lots of different ways to do that. But how can I, how can I contribute in a way that feels connected to me?
0: Wow. That's, it's so funny. If you guys don't know this, I don't, I don't plan much with my, My co-hosts, I just kind of say, here's what we're going to talk about. But it's funny to me how there's always so much tandem. And uh, one of my points that I wanted to share was exactly that was do do something, anything that will make you proud. Like that, (laughs) that is one of the fastest avenues to self-love is to actually do things that you're proud of and start really, really small. You know, it might even be, um, saying no to somebody, you know, that you almost always say, you know, yes to and acquiesce and do whatever they want. So, you know, it might be as simple as saying, you know what? Um, let me check my schedule. Maybe you don't feel comfortable saying no quite yet. But just buying yourself some time or maybe it's, you know, you want to get into shape and you're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk around the block and that will make me proud of myself today. And you get to switch, you get to choose that. You know, maybe it's calling a friend and you're like, that makes me feel good because I know I really want to spend time uh, in pursuit of close, intimate partnerships and friendships. You know, like, so what, what's one small thing you can do that you'd be like, you know what, proud of myself for that.
1: And allowing yourself to be proud of the tiny things. I think so easily we blow off the, you know, oh, look, I, I uh, sat down at the table for dinner tonight. That that's, can be a true accomplishment for many of us. Yeah. Right? Taking that moment to mindfully eat your, eat your meal. Like, celebrate those little things. Celebrate the tiny pieces. I like celebrating. I went to yoga instead of something else that could have, you know, instead of staying and looking at every single picture and thinking, oh, my God. You're like, hey, right. it's self- yoga's
0: on our schedule. Let's go. And then be really kind. Right. Or even, or even like, like what you just said, I shut down the pictures and, uh, and stopped myself from going down that vortex. Yeah. Yep. Even that it's like, Oh, I'm proud of myself. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't entertain that, that nice mind fuck that I usually entertain, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it can be really simple. That's a great point too. We kind of override our small successes and, And, and that's important. Um, sometimes too, I'll just switch. It's, it's really as simple as switching your focus, you know? So sometimes when I'm, when I'm really having a hard time with my body, I will go, okay, you know what? I am so grateful that I have all my limbs, you know, I'm so grateful for sight I am so grateful that I have a a career where I can be in bed and coach (laughs) and do a (laughs) podcast and do, you know, and just choosing what you focus on. The situation is going to be what it is, you know, but you can view it through any lens you'd like. That's your call.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I don't know what triggered this for me, but something that you said reminded me of this. I here's another tool for people who like actionable, useful items, and it's called the pause. And it's learning to cultivate the pause in your life, um, which which can be the shutting down the pictures, the changing the self talk to "I've got all my limbs, hurrah!" Yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the things we do is we have a lot of judgment with our with our choices. I, I hear this all the time about. Um, Television watching, or or internet, you know, internet, uh, playing around on the internet, and there is nothing inherently wrong with watching television, or with eating a bowl of ice cream, or with playing on the internet for fun. Right. I personally like to play house porn. I um, <laughs> <laughs> like on Pinterest. Yeah, Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Um, creating model homes on BlueHomes.com. You know, like the those really cool modern. I forget they're prefab That's things. Awesome. Oh, yes, yeah. Like that is really fun for me, but we have a lot of judgment sometimes about this, like oh, we should be doing something else and my my trick for this is there is a moment of decision, and we're very bad at recognizing when we when we make it, so trying to cultivate that choice when you have watched one episode of the Mindy Show and then automatically just just watch the next one there is a that is a choice, so doing something to help you. Uh, find that pause. And a lot of the time, it's a physical thing. Like, it's like get up off the couch, mm. go drink a glass of water. And if you want to sit back down and watch another show, great. Do it. You made that conscious, deliberate, intentional choice. Uh, on the internet, my favorite trick for myself when I you know, when you look at your computer and you've got 30 tabs open, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I make myself shut down my computer all the way. And then, still sitting there sometimes, like, try to get up, maybe take a walk, OP, whatever. Do I still want to do that? great I'm making the choices back down and reopen my computer um, there's time like how you are interacting with the people you live with going down our little snippy snippy you know, poor poor people we live with they tend to get our best and our worst um, you can hear yourself they're in, coming in the door you start the whatever whoa pause I'm gonna go give you a hug I'm gonna give you a kiss, I'm going to pour you a glass of wine, whatever it is, to take that space, cultivate that pause, and then make a conscious decision about what you, how you want to reopen that line of conversation. I love it. Right? And there's no right or wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of those choices. It's just being conscious about them. And I think that's really respectful of yourself.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's great. I keep getting this visual too. you? Um, <laughs> Do you remember in the eighties there was this show? Oh my God, what was it called? But where she would—I think her name was Edie or something—and she would put her fingers together and she would pause time. No, but I like it. Oh my pause. gosh, <laughs> are you are you are you? Yeah, I think you're similar in age to me. You're in your thirties, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, like eighty. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So you're a little bit younger. Okay. So, but yeah, she would. Oh my God, I can't remember what it was. I want to say like Out of This World. I think it was called Out of This World. And um, so she was kind of like this alien that lived on this planet, but she would pause her fingers. And so then everybody in the the show would just like, you know, stop, obviously. And then she would be able to kind of assess the situation. So that is such a perfect visual. I mean, for me, a visual Mm -hmm. to kind of go, you're right. Like we aren't victims to our behavior the way we think we are. Like people will say to me all the time, you know, obviously because I deal in relationships, they'll say, like, I can't just not call him or I can't <laughs> just not stalk him out on the internet. And I'm like, No, you can't. Can. You just won't. But it's it's that I'm a victim to my my behavior when it's like, okay, if I if I'm sitting here scrolling through my ex's Facebook page feeling like shit, pause. Mm-hmm. I'm at choice here. Do I want to continue down this path? It will probably make me feel nostalgic and sad. Or do I want to arrest this and go choose a different behavior? Now, sometimes it's in service of you to sit there and mourn and grieve and totally. have an, a, an expel emotion. But the point that I think you're driving home to is create the awareness. Be, be really cognizant of what you're choosing in that moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And if that's what you need, do it. Right. Go and go all in, and it's part of like that being present. Like if you, oh, if you are going to go down that Facebook page, then allow, yeah, allow, go all in. Let yourself feel every moment of it. Don't feel like oh, don't, don't beat yourself up. Say I am choosing to do this. I want, I want to cry. I want to, I want to feel this. This is going to be good for me, purging. Then yeah, yeah make that choice. Be in the moment, for yeah. sure. I, there's and there's lots of things. Everyone laughs at me when I talk about all my like physical ways of avoiding other things, but it helps. It, it helps create habits that I want to be creating. I do various little like I like to detox from things. I I've got no, no. I have tons of self control. I do. I tend to rebel against myself when I set up too many rules. Mm. <laughs> Even if they're my own rules that I am making, I will eventually say, oh, why, rebel, rebel. So I, I look at anything that I'm trying new or something I want to activate in my life that's new as an experiment. And I give myself short time frames because um, mm-hmm. that feels doable to me. And the achiever in me loves to do a 30-day run of something. And which means I've done many various things in my life. Meditation for 30 days, you know, no wine for 30 days, just seeing how they feel, see if it affects anything else. Um, The no wine is really hard for me. I love my glass of wine uh, at night. And I remember doing, it's probably one of the first ones, where I would, like, go take a bath. (laughs) Not every night, but many, many nights. Because I was like, oh, well, if I'm in the bath, I can't drink wine. It was like that choice of, well, I could, I could, I could say, I could do all these other things. I'm like, you know, I love baths. There's no wine in my bathtub. Let's go light a candle and read a book. And it was, it was just that conscious decision. Um, of course, there's nothing wrong, wrong, wrong with drinking wine. But in my experiment, I wanted to um, to see how it felt to go 30 days without drinking. So there's lots, there's like, you can, you can treat yourself with love and care, even in the midst of doing something that feels hard right. um, with other choices. But it's that pause. It's that moment of decision.
0: Yes, yeah, and that, and that we, we're capable. Like you can, you can pick whatever you want. Like a lot of times we think, oh, I just can't. I can't get up and work out early. I can't do the, you know, I can't eat healthy. No, you choose that. You know, it's all of that stuff is a choice. Um, you know, I always say, you know, if you say can't, then that must mean not humanly possible. <laughs> if you use the word can't, you better be sure it is not humanly possible because if it is, it's actually a won't. Yes. So watch yourself the next time you say that because it's, it's so true. Like if, if you say, I can't flap my wings and fly away. Like I can't physically. Okay, okay. That's actually not humanly possible to, to, <laughs> to grow yes. wings and fly around. But if it's something like I can't not call my ex, like we said, it's yeah. mm, actually a won't. So check yourself there. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk quickly and um, see if you have any thoughts on this, too, uh, around around the self-talk piece, because I feel like this is one of those things that we get inundated with, uh, oh, do affirmations or or speak positively. And, and the bottom line is, is you really don't want to start saying anything to yourself that you can't buy into. Otherwise, you feel like you're just lying to yourself. So I've mentioned this on the pod before but what I always encourage people to do is attach yourself to one phrase, one statement and use what I call progressive language where it is something about I'm on my on the way. And the only caveat is that you you don't continue to say that forever, but it's a great um gateway until you really can say, I love who I am. I think that I'm beautiful. I embrace all my strengths. So for instance, if you're struggling with body image, perhaps something that you might say to yourself, instead of saying I'm gorgeous and I love my thighs, you know, instead of saying Mm -hmm. something like that, which would feel like a lie. What if you said I'm redefining my relationship to my body or, um, I'm rediscovering what a healthy body image looks like or I'm open to having kinder thoughts about my body. Something that says like, you know what? I'm on my way, Mm -hmm. which feels a shit ton better than like, good God, look at those double chin and look at those rolls and look at the, same thing with, you know, relationships. You know, what if, what if you've been, you know, going about like, I I don't trust anyone, you know, I can't let anybody in. I'm, I'm damaged goods. What if you just said, I'm reevaluating what trust looks like in my life. Or I'm I'm open to entertaining trust with the right person. Or I'm leaning into trusting myself first. Or something like that where you're going, I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, you know, that's one sort of tangible piece is could you come up with something like that? And even even if you're struggling on a grand scheme, worthiness is an issue in every area. Mm. You you look at yourself and you hate yourself. Start with something like I believe, Amy and Molly, that there's <laughs> a possibility to change how I feel. Like it can be as simple as that. We just need to crack the door. We just need oh. to say something a little bit better than what you've been saying. So take a baby step, but, but do something. Even if it's just the noticing like, okay, I, I'm, I'm increasing my awareness around my self-talk. And yep. I'm aware that I can change it. Not sure how yet, but I'm aware. <laughs> but I'm there I uh
1: I don't honestly tend to use a lot of affirmations in my in the way that I deal with myself nor
0: yeah um either.
1: put out there and I and I think it's because I have a few basic ones that have always just been with me but again and I, I guess I learned at some point point. and one of the ones that I go to no matter what's going on is just I am safe and I must yes. have this happens, like huge craving for whatever security knowing things are going to turn out but I have not been proven otherwise. I am safe. Yes. E- e- even in the midst of trauma, like all these other pieces, just safe, safe. And that gives me some sort of calm. Safe. I can be safe in my body. I can be safe. And maybe that's going to be in the heart for some people. But um, I think like, when you thought, when I was like, affirmations, what do I actually say to myself like that? Like, yeah. that is one. I am I am safe.
0: I, de- um, I use that one too, for it's sure. It's
1: okay. I don't know. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. That, Definitely. I definitely say that one. Like, that sounds very familiar. It's okay
0: sort of, uh, I mean, I, it, this is a bit of a hippie thing, so I don't know if people can attach to this, but I, a lot of times I say, you are divinely cared for. Mm. You are divinely cared for. And, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I'm really similar to you in my concept around the universe versus God, et cetera. We all just have different monikers. Um, But yeah, so I feel like, okay, there's this, there's this element of grace where, you know, spiritually, I believe that I'm being held by the universe and that feels good to me. So when I, when I can't be my, you know, or Mm -hmm. won't be my biggest self, greatest self, that there's this little kind of basket of grace that I can kind of fall into. And so that just, for me, it brings comfort. That might sound too woo-woo, magical or whatever to anyone else. The point is, is figure out something that actually gives you the feeling of Relief. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. point, is just yeah. feeling better. You know, our emotions are the barometer, really. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else?
1: Oh, so many things. So mm-hmm. many things. I, let's see. The only other tiny piece that I see a lot that I want to state because I think it's a really good practice. And again, a very practical piece. Um, and this is not going to apply to everyone. So if this does not sound like you, just ignore me and take the opposite advice. But there, because you know, because this does not apply to me. So, but in general, a lot of the I, I work with women, obviously, a lot of the women I work with um, have, for whatever reason, stopped stating their opinion. Ooh. I mean, I'm probably thinking this is not. Pl- applicable to you as, as well. But <laughs> well, I don't places. know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and that, ha- uh, if you, okay, so phrases that would sound familiar. I don't care, you choose. Oh, it seriously doesn't matter to me, whatever you want. Mm. Um, and of course, yes, there are times when you don't care, whether it's you've made a thousand million decisions today at work or, and, and you simply do not care what you eat for dinner. Um, but the more that you go to these phrases, with whoever, your boss, your partner, your father, your, your best friend, um, the more you are giving up that idea that you are a valued human being whose opinions matter. And I know it seems silly. Like, seriously, it doesn't matter what flavor ice cream we eat. Well, it doesn't, yeah, it probably doesn't matter what flavor ice cream you eat that night. But you do have an opinion. Yes. So practice stating it. And I, I make people do this experiment where for like an entire week, every time a choice comes up, you have to state an opinion. And I don't care if you don't care. Just make one up. Just get behind it. I want chocolate chip with mint. And it doesn't mean you're always going to get your way. And it doesn't mean you should always get your way. But it does mean that, that you are allowed uh, to contribute yeah. in what you eat, in what your team does, in how you want to get dressed that morning, in what you do on Saturday you know, morning for, for fun family time. Um, yeah this is not me. I have an opinion on everything and so does my husband. So we have to work on, okay, how do we find the middle ground? But we're very used to that. Uh, But for a lot of people, this is an incredibly new practice. Yes. I love it. That's great. Yeah. And it can be fun. And sometimes you have to tell your people closest to you that you are experimenting with this especially if you like you know live with a partner who is used to just making all the decisions because that's so far that's you've said oh, i don't care just do it uh and instead you're like oh i think i would like to order thai food for dinner tonight or i would really like to sit outside and grill some steaks and drink a glass of wine with you you are like what oh oh i thought we were gonna do this this is what i had in my head and so there's like that that practice of just giving yourself value by having an opinion i love that yeah can be very fun it can be very eye-opening how many times that you're giving your power away in in a day right so there's a practical step if that if that is a fr- like oh ping ping that kind of sounds like me take that little experiment home with you and just
0: try yeah just try it on <laughs> it's great because it's those little things we write off and we go ah, oh, it doesn't really matter which ice cream I have hey they, they can pick it you know and but if it if it is a desire of your heart in any way. You know, if you have an opinion in any way or if you've conditioned yourself to eliminate your opinion as important.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: This is the time, man. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm definitely going to use that, and I'll, I'll give you credit for it for sure. <laughs> That's
1: okay. I'm sure I got it <laughs> from somewhere else. But, yeah, it can That's be great. really powerful. And it helps you, those little times, build you up so that when it comes down to it, you know, when the stakes are down and your boss is like, Amy, you don't have a boss. I don't have a boss here. But a lot of times, <laughs> right. this is a boss. Like, people are saying, I don't, I don't want to say my opinion because – and you have a really great contributing thing, and you are too afraid to speak up. Yep. Uh, you like, these little – practices that helps you build that muscle so that you can share those amazing ideas with the world. So you can say, I think we should move to Ecuador in a year. How do we make that happen? Like the the little practice is for those bigger pieces that really matter.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's habituating a way of being. Totally. That really is what it's about. Um, you know, and I, I just had kind of one final thought too is, you know, when we think of self-love, sometimes, you know, we it's like well, god where do i even start but we've we've danced around the concept of respect too self respect mm-hmm. and sometimes that's a little bit easier for us to gauge so you know it's it's clearer if you're if you if you're disrespecting yourself by um you know like you said not valuing your opinion or a lot of times we do it where we don't respect our own time mm-hmm. where yeah. we think Okay, well, if they need me, then I, I should probably just do what they need, or uh, I should volunteer at my kid's school because I always have, and they expect it of me, or at my church, or I should participate in this thing, and and we disrespect our time as being valuable. So, what if you placed a commodity, made that a commodity? What if it was what if you had an hourly rate, <laughs> you know, like it's valuable. Your time is valuable. So is there a small step that you could take to actually really respect your own time? Um, Another component of self-respect is how we caretake for our own bodies. And for me, I'm a girly girl. Like I, you know, when I do get dressed, I get fucking dressed, you know? Like (laughs) I like outfits. I like, you know, I'm high maintenance. I've talked about it plenty of times. But uh, it stems. it goes beyond that. It is... Uh, have you done routine doctor's visits? Are you taking care of uh, what you put, put in your system? Are you, you know, like we talked about with addictions and things, like are you aware of how you're treating your body? Have you, have you gotten a dental checkup in a while? Have, you know, like there's a lot of components to actually respecting our physical vessel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so tap in and, and check, check in with how respectful you are of yourself. Like and just it. see if there's any anything
1: to shift there. You know, one of the questions I think is a really good leading question. If like, if you're stuck on like, I don't even know what would change or what I would want to change or where I'm out of alignment or out of integrity. Um, and I, this is powerful if you are a mother or not. I don't know what it triggers in us, some sort of maternal care. But like, would you want to model this, whatever this is, for your daughter? Yes. I, I, and that, I mean, that was powerful for me before I was. Yeah, had any thoughts of having children um but something about the way that is phrased in my heart made me really think about is this what i would want to model for a daughter and and sometimes you can figure out those pieces that are out of alignment on how to care for yourself better with that question
0: yeah because we we look at our relationship to self different than relationship to anybody else and it's just not you know that's why you know the concept around Uh, treating yourself like a friend I think that's why it hits home for us when we parallel it to something like an offspring Mm -hmm. like would you ever I mean and we have undying love for a child or for our even for our legacy let's say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we you know that matters to us and so when we personify it that way and we go oh my god no, I would yeah, never yeah, want I would them never want to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Then you go, Oh, holy shit. Be, yeah, so, a quick question to help you identify a space for work around this. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. Well, um, is there any final thoughts you want to leave everybody with or <laughs> No, I
1: think I better stop because I think you've asked me that three times and I always have more. But <laughs> uh, uh,
0: cool. no, also, I'm I'm such a I, I tend to override people and I'm like, let me tell you what I think. So I'm I'm it's, no, no. It's my practice of trying to not override my guesties. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it. But we would probably continue to talk for the entire day if you kept asking me that. So
0: Cool. Um, so so I I feel good. So tell everybody where they can start stalking you and finding more. Yes, absolutely. So it's StrataJoy,
1: as in strategies for joy, StrataJoy.com. And I'm pretty much StrataJoy all over the interwebs. Mm-hmm. So uh, Twitter is great for quick questions, and I'm happy to answer them there. Um, as Amy knows, I suck at email. So yeah. you what, I mean, email, but it is not my strongest suit. Uh, Twitter, the Facebook page, the Strategy Facebook page. I Instagram, my sweet little life. Um, But that one's Molly Mayhar because I don't use it for business. I don't follow anyone. It's just my little personal photo journal. Um, But I know people like that sometimes. So that's that's where I am. I send a mm, sometimes newsletter with fun pictures and things that are going on in our world. And... uh, the piece that's probably applicable to this little podcast is I have the Fierce Love course. That is my, that is my, some of the, most of the ideas that I talked about are contained within this um, little four-week program. Cool. Uh, for Yeah, for, for further study or more kind of time
0: with yourself around that.
1: But, yep, I'm on Strata Joy. That's where you can find me. And I always say hi on Twitter. So feel free to reach out, ask questions.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being with me today. I I really, really do. And it's been a while since we've been able to play. So
1: um,
0: thank you so much for making time for this. I really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. And everybody out there, please go hang out at stratajoy.com and and, uh, start getting some of the delicious stuff that Molly has to offer. If you haven't done so already, please swing by thejoyjunkie.com and get your uh, digital life and love kit totally on the house. And while you're there, swing by the podcast page and let us hear what you want, want topics on. Um, I'm always looking at that, and and uh, we are open to having um, guest callers on the show, so if you want to ask your question live, that can definitely be arranged. And uh, if you feel so inclined, if you get a lot of value from this, it would mean so, so much to us if you would cruise by uh, iTunes and leave a review. We get much more traffic the higher uh, up we are on, on iTunes reviews. So be much obliged. So other than that, you guys, having a fabulous, fabulous week. And here is to loving and living your most badass life.
1: This is Molly and Amy at Joy Squared signing off. Mmm!